Hi, and welcome to the second episode of the Little Spiral podcast with me, Tracy, trainer and coach at Sun Spiral. Thanks for joining me. I'm really pleased to have you here. Each week, what we do is, or what we're aiming to do, is consider a different facet of personal development and give it some thought. Last week, I was talking about how to make a mess, to break a mess, and I told a bit of a story about an experience I'd had that I was consequently able to make better progress from. This week, I want to talk about perfection and perfectionism. I've called the episode, Our Perfection, My Old Nemesis. It is actually based on a little quote in a TV show that we used to watch called Gorta McGibbon's Life on Normal Street. Not a lot of people seem to have heard of it. Me and Ben seem to be the only people who've ever watched it. But Gortimer's little pal, Ranger, was a bit of a daredevil. And there was one episode where he jumps off something and then says, ah, gravity, my old nemesis. And it just really made us laugh. And, and every time we sort of drop something, we tend to come out with that. But perfection and perfectionism, for me, certainly, um, I could call it my old nemesis, for sure. I've always traditionally had a a bit of I'd, I'd say perfectionist tendencies I'm not sure if it's a British thing or just a Tracy thing but there's something about the idea of appearing less than perfectly capable that's traditionally been a real problem for me I've, I've learned to manage it over in, in more recent years certainly in the last sort of four or five years I've managed to get a bit more of a handle on it So what I wanted to do was just kind of talk that through, tell a little story that kind of reflects that element of me, certainly from my working life, and then just sort of think a little bit more about perfection and perfectionism and what it means to people. One particular story that that puts it into sharp relief for, for me really is a story from when I worked in human resources and I was supporting a couple of managers with something and I See, I can feel myself struggling because I still don't don't really like thinking about it. But I I made a mistake. I did something. It wasn't. No one died. It wasn't earth shattering. But the company was a good couple of grand out of out of pocket because of a you know something that was really a small mistake that that shouldn't have a little detail that shouldn't have been missed. It was a you know a multi million dollar company so I, I take heart from the fact that they you know they, they could stand the loss though you know obviously I don't like the idea of throwing their money away but there were two managers that I was I was dealing with in this particular issue we'll call them manager one and manager two now manager one when what had happened came out manager one was absolutely furious um, there was no no sort of consoling them at all. I, I was an effing idiot and, you know, the world had just ended and, and everything had, had gone completely wrong. And then there was manager two. Now, manager two reacted in a completely different way. Manager two basically said to me, you know, OK, Tracy, this is this is not your finest hour. But at the end of the day, you're human. These things happen now what do we have to do to fix it and and happily that manager didn't just sort of take it away in a kind of well you're obviously not able to deal with this they actually empowered me to rectify my mistake and and put systems in place to make sure that 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 kind of little detail was never missed again and I often think back on on this story when I think about perfectionism because I very much see that that manager one clearly had 
you know, also had those kind of perfectionist tendencies. So was expecting sort of perfection from me, whereas manager two with a little more sort of circumspection, I suppose, was able to be a bit more human about the whole thing. So I'd say that manager one, I suppose, treated me and the circumstance as sort of like a broken machine, really. And and what do you do when a machine breaks? It, it makes you angry and, you you know, you maybe give it a bit of a kick and you don't try and empathise with it, do you? Because it's just a thing and it's broken and it should work and it doesn't. Whereas manager two sort of took the attitude of, of treating me like a person, like a human being, a fallible human being who was able to, you know, who, yes, made a mistake, but was then able to be trusted to rectify that mistake and ensure it didn't happen again. So I think those two styles really, really crystallise that that way of thinking of, of how you can think about other people, but also how you can think about yourself. I think that one of the most dangerous words in the English vocabulary is should and someone should be capable of this and should be capable of that because sometimes should just just doesn't come through and telling other people what they they should be capable of is putting unfair expectations on them really particularly if if that should isn't really attached to a previous instruction there's just some kind of psychic vibe out in the air that they should have known that they should have done this I think if if we think about those two two managers and, and my role with them for a moment, I think the important thing here, I guess, is is not to to demonise manager one. While you know their reaction, it, it was definitely a negative one. I think it's fair to say that that they were a human being too. They were just as stressed and overworked as I was at the time. So while they could have reacted better, it would be wrong to sort of shift it round. So I think my my issue with perfectionism is that it, it I think it makes people terrified of making mistakes, like with that situation that I've I've talked about. I did make a mistake and and, not, and like I said, it wasn't really a disaster. No nobody died. Some of the executives probably spent more money than I lost on, on the lunch that day. It's a bit unfair. <laughs> but you know, it, it wasn't the end of the world yet. There was something in me that really was affected by that situation. I was really upended by it for sort of quite a long time. It wasn't just that I was nervous of dealing with that particularly angry manager. I was nervous of of dealing with with the the, the contracts and things around what had happened. I almost felt like I didn't trust myself with it anymore. And it was like I'd found I was no longer perfect. So because I was found wanting, there was something wrong with what I should have been doing, really. And and I, I kind of had to unpack that a little bit, sort of thinking it through and just trying to switch off from from those perfectionist tendencies, really. I mean, there's still something within me that really dislikes the idea of people seeing me failing at something. And as I said, I'm not sure if that's a bit of a British thing or just a human thing or just a Tracy thing. I'm not sure, but I've I've, I've worked on that a little bit and, and I have got some techniques that I use and that I'll talk about shortly that help me with that. But I think it is it is a relatively normal thing to not mistrust your capabilities, but I think that certainly how our abilities are, are assessed can can have a big impact 
on us growing up and then how we see ourselves in in terms of our capacity to do things and do things well. There was a study in 1998 by a psychologist called Carol Dweck and she took two groups of of school children and had them solve maths problems and half of that group were praised for the effort that they put in so you know oh well done you tried really hard and the other group were praised on their personal ability so oh yeah you're you're really clever you're so clever the children who were given the the effort base so that you tried hard praise then they carried on dressing and taking new approaches to, to more and more complex problems so they were able to make quite a lot of progress Whereas the children who were praised for their their being clever, so their internal sort of quality, they started after after the initial sort of easier tasks, they they started to just sort of stick to the easy ones, so stick to the things that reinforced what they were already doing rather than trying out more complex things so it it seemed that those who were sort of praised for those internal things became less resilient and also became more more concerned with being seen to fail so it's interesting that you know that approach of praising those internal things has made people more concerned about failure by by turning it round and saying you you tr- you know you tried really hard you put an effort in it's not saying you know you are clever this is who you are this is your personality it's saying you know you gave it a go you tried and you kept going and and praising that kind of reinforced that capacity to keep doing that and to keep making progress so i think i think that's a, a valid or a valuable thought really to make sure that you know when we're praising other people whether it's people in our team people in our family Are we praising those those sort of internal sort of clever what you are, what makes you you so that if if you then don't meet that expectation with something, you're then seen to fail? Or are we praising that kind of that tenacity and that will to make progress, which consequently, if, if we praise that, is it that in any sort of failure, is doesn't hurt so much doesn't sting so much because you'll just then try really hard again to succeed so it's it's an interesting experiment i like i like sort of reviewing that that idea that if we if we show promise related to our our abilities we can become disillusioned when our potential for success doesn't start to translate into actual success so as i said i do myself have have perfectionist tendencies that i've i've worked on over time and tried to sort of switch off from and I think the ways that I've tried to consciously address that and it is it is consciously addressing it I think my natural state is is to to worry about being seen to fail so the way I've tried to address that really is just becoming more genuinely resilient trying to be a bit more good humoured about things and good humoured about things going wrong. And and going back to that thing of effort versus ability, kind of seeing the effort side as being the important side. So so telling myself that I'm just giving it a go. So the important thing isn't the getting it done, it's the tenacity of having a go. That resilience has helped me become more open to feedback and just I think that's one of the techniques that I've worked on is to really tell the difference between criticism 
and feedback. And feedback is something that I ask people for. It's something that I, I want to use to try and improve what I'm doing. Criticism is potentially just someone having a bit of a dig. And I really have to work to, to tell the difference. So recently we asked for some feedback on a, a framework we're putting together for Sunspiral and we put that out to a few different people and got some feedback on improvements that we could make to that. Now, five years ago, I wouldn't have dreamt of doing that. It would have just been so beyond me to, to actually say to someone, what do you think of this? I would much rather just sort of quietly get on with it in the background and then put it out there and then hope for the best, really. But I found that by actually asking for that feedback at the outset, has has really helped me to one make and create products that I can be happy with but for two to really get an understanding within myself that that I'm I'm seeking that out that I'm actually trying to get that from other people rather than just waiting for criticism I think the main thing with perfectionism that the main technique that I've had to develop for myself is to not over-polish things. I think not over-polishing is the main staple of my perfectionism management. If you listen to last week's podcast, you'll know that it was full of ums and ahs and of courses and that kind of thing. And a few years ago, that would genuinely have stopped me doing that. I would have said, don't be ridiculous. I can't do a podcast because it will just be rubbish. And I'll just um and ah all the time and it won't be perfect and people will laugh at me and it'll be ridiculous and no one will listen to it and da, da, da. And I'd come up with loads and loads of reasons not to do it based on the fact that I wouldn't be able to have a perfect product from the outset, which if you think about it is really a form of procrastination, isn't it? It's putting a barrier in place to stop you from doing something by virtue of the fact of it not being perfect. Now, procrastination is probably a subject for another day. I think there's a lot we can say about procrastination. It's one of the the major topics that I, as a coach, that I talk about with people, sort of time management and procrastination. So we'll, we'll leave that one for now. But I think the takeaways from this are perfectionism is a thing. It's quite normal. But there are ways of managing it. I don't I don't think that tendency necessarily can, you know, I don't think, I mean, if you can get it to just go away and free yourself of it, then brilliant, good for you. If not, if you're more like me and you're just someone who tries to switch off from it and then has to kind of manage that sense of not not wanting to be seen to fail, then I think the takeaways are one try and develop a sense of humor about things. I think, you know, there are very serious things in the world that obviously you wouldn't laugh at, but try and get the balance right. If there are things that you're being perfectionist over that actually you can be a bit good humored about, then try and find the humor in it because that will help with, with building resilience. Try to seek feedback from other people. I know that is a bit scary, but the more you get feedback from people, I think the more you'll realise that people aren't actually out to get you and they're not really willing you to fail. And most good people, when they give you feedback, they are genuinely trying to help you develop something or develop yourself. And then don't over polish. 
that's my you know my last and probably my most important tip just do it just get on and do something if you're thinking about starting something if you're thinking about diversifying in something just have a go and don't think it's got to be perfect straight away as I said we're on episode two this episode certainly isn't perfect you'll get hopefully you'll get a few down the line and they won't be perfect either but they'll be good enough for you to say I like this I like listening to this so I hope you've enjoyed our little whistle stop tour of perfectionism in the life of Tracy today if you've liked it please share please comment please get in touch let me know if you're a perfectionist and you manage it if you're a perfectionist and aren't if you actually see your perfectionism as being a good thing some people some people do I personally don't and if someone in a job interview says oh I'm a perfectionist I kind of think of it more as a weakness than a strength but if you see it in another way I'd I'd love to know please get in touch the website is sunspiral.co.uk you can check out our courses you can check out our coaching services so please interact and let me know how perfect or imperfect you are thanks very much bye